One thing that I, I did and when I when I made this book, so I had been handing out this book, Seeds of Deception, to all these members of Congress and heads of state, etc. And they would have me sign it. Everyone would always have me sign it. It was very humbling for a president of a country to have me sign a book. But then, you know, if there was an aide around, he would give the book to an aide. Same with the minister, same with the senators. And it was like, it did work in Vermont, but not necessarily all around the world. And I realized it's a very hard book to just present. It doesn't present the science simply. The science is woven into these stories. It's a popular book, not a book for policymakers. So I said, I need to write a book that can be looked at quickly by the attention deficit politician, and yet it needs information for their staff to verify that this is true. So I came up with a two-page spread format where like, there's a top sentence that just gives the conclusion. So you can scan the book, rats fed BT corn had multiple health problems. Um, uh, mice fed GM potatoes had inter intestinal damage, et cetera, et cetera. And then I say, you can do a quick scan. You can do a casual read just by reading this side, which is the quotes, the quote from a scientist and the main points, or you can go to this side and get the details with the citations to the nearly 1200 endnotes. So I had written all of these things as 65 health risks. But I realized if I put that out there, some people would say, oh, no, 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 those things are handled. Uh, Mr. Smith doesn't really know what's being researched and looked at by the governments. So I did part two was how governments, safety assessments are incompetent to identify nearly all the risks. And I, when I went in a similar format where you could do a quick read, a casual read, or a detailed study, I just blasted and pulled apart all of the assessments in the United States and Australia and other places in Europe, etc. And then one of my favorite sections, I love this section, industry studies not competent to identify most of the unpredicted side effects. Talk about rigged research. My God, we've caught them red-handed doing things that were entirely unscientific. Remember, Arpad Pustai said the most shocking moment in his career was not being fired from his job or discovering huge damage from GMOs to his, his rats. It was reading the research that was used by, by was done by the industry and used as approval by government for their GMOs. So I, I, the, there's assumptions that are wrong, statistical methods that are wrong, controls that are wrong, everything, even when things go very wrong, they just assume it wasn't related to the feed. It's just ridiculous. So I'll give you one of my favorite assumptions. This is the assumption argument. <clears throat> Monsanto created high lysine corn for pig feed. Normally you add lysine into the feed, they put a gene into the corn to produce the lysine so you wouldn't have to add it. They said, <clears throat> this protein is, nor is naturally found in soil. We eat soil residues on food. <clears throat> so 
shouldn't be any problem. It already has a history of safe use in the human food supply. So Dr. Jack Heinemann <clears throat> from, from New Zealand, this was being submitted to Australia and New Zealand, he decided to call their bluff. He figured out, what does the average American male eat in terms of quantities of corn per day? How much of that protein would be produced in that average meal if they ate only this high lysine corn? Because it could be eaten by humans as well. So let's say they ate their average amount per day and it was the high lysine corn. How much of that protein would they ingest? How much of that protein is found in soil and how much soil would they have to ingest to get the same amount? To get the same exposure of that protein as is found in the corn on a daily basis, an average American male would have to consume 22,000 pounds of soil per second. <laughs> they were off by trillions in their calculation. 22,000 dumb trucks every second. So that's one example. We mentioned bovine growth hormone. Um, there were three scientists working at Monsanto who were testing the milk from cows treated with their bovine growth hormone. They found so much cancer-causing um, IGF-1, the three Monsanto scientists refused to drink milk thereafter unless it was organic. One bought his own cow. This was told to me by a former Monsanto scientist. We know that there's massive amounts of increase of IGF-1. There's also an increase in bovine growth hormone. And the friends of Monsanto did a research saying, no problem. There's hardly any increase, but it's all destroyed during pasteurization. So the FDA, which waited to approve the RBGH, probably because they're waiting for the results of the study, said, no worries about bovine growth hormone because it's only 37% increase in the milk and it's all destroyed during pasteurization. First of all, 37% increase in the milk is, could be significant. There was no reason why that was considered insignificant. But the research didn't test Monsanto's injections into cows. They tested another version that had a 2% level not on a daily basis. So the level of bovine growth hormone was probably vastly less ignored by the FDA. But then the FDA said it's, it's 90% is destroyed during digestion. Well, it turns out that when the researchers pasture, that is destroyed during pasteurization. When the researchers pasteurized the milk, it evidently didn't work. So they pasteurized it at 120 times longer than normal. And they only destroyed 19% of the milk, not 90%. So they added powdered hormone to the milk, 47 times the amount of naturally occurring hormone of bovine growth hormone was added to the milk and then pasteurized 120 times longer than normal. And under those rigged conditions, 90% was destroyed during pasteurization. And that's what the FDA reported. Complete and utter nonsense. A new version of a Monsanto-type study came to light during the, the Roundup trial on Roundup. They wanted to test the absorption of Roundup on human skin, as is required, 
and they tested it on cadaver skin and about 10% absorbed, which was, I understand, 3.3 times the amount of allowable level. So they hid that information from the EPA illegally, and they took new cadaver skin, baked it in an oven, froze it in a freezer, and then added Roundup to it, this leather-like human dead skin, hardly any absorbed, and that was the absorption level they put. They told the EPA without letting them know that the skin had been baked and frozen. When uh, some friends did a study on phytoestrogen levels in GM soy compared to non-GM soy, they found that these supposedly healthy phytoestrogens were like 13 to 16, 12 to 16 percent less in GM. Monsanto quickly rushed to study, at the, rushed to to print at the same time their own study that said there was so much ver uh, statistical variability, you couldn't even do a statistical analysis to get a result. So now you had a he said, she said, and it made it means that there was no one in the world that was concerned about the phytoestrogens because there was two studies that said the opposite thing. Well, when I contacted the author of the study that said that there was a reduction, he told me, he looked at the research and found that it was the same laboratory that had done his research, that had done the research for Monsanto, because it was the number one expert in the world. So we called him and said, what gives? He said, they forced us to use an obsolete method of detection that we don't use anymore, which was prone to high variability. That was not published in the paper. You see, they will make changes in the research and then not make those changes public so they can force a conclusion. Or they simply ignore, like they hired Dr. Parry years ago because there was evidence in peer-reviewed research that Roundup or glyphosate caused genotoxicity, mutations that can lead to cancer. He was the world's expert at genotoxicity. They sent him four studies, look at it, and he said, yeah, it looks like it says, uh oh, send him all the studies. They sent him all the studies and said, yes, this actually strengthens the argument. You really need to do studies of the full formulation and not just glyphosate, but it appears that it is, can create these tumors. And you can read the, the documents from the Monsanto paper saying, has Dr. Perry ever done research for industry before? Meaning, doesn't he know he's being paid to come on our side? They said, we can invest a lot of money to try and turn him around, but let's just let him go. So they, he had written a report, which was legally had to be handed to the EPA, Monsanto buried the report, never showed it to the EPA. Instead, they ghost wrote a review paper with exactly the opposite conclusions and paid scientists to sign it. And that was the major review paper used by the EPA to approve Roundup and glyphosate. It goes on. Before that, they had done some animal feeding studies in industrial biotech. Industrial biotech did most of the, like 40% actually, of all the toxicological studies of the chemical companies and the pharmaceutical companies, and they got busted. It was a complete sham and fraud. They were not actually doing the studies. They would do two-year studies in eight months. They would, when animals died, they'd replace them. They had, there was terrible conditions. They would talk about the male rats had problems with their uterus. I mean, not logical. And when it was investigated, three people went to jail and it was described as one of the greatest scientific frauds in the history of the world if not the greatest it turns out when monsanto submitted its research uh, request to ibt one of their executives moved into ibt to do this to oversee the study and then came back to monsanto he was one of the executives that went to jail uh, 
And when the EPA looked at all of these studies that had been done by IBT for the chemical companies for approving the chemicals, they decided not to require a redo. They just said, okay, we'll just, future studies have to be redone. When Dr. Seralini did his research on rats over two years and found that there was multiple massive tumors, early death and organ damage in rats that were fed Roundup Ready corn that had never been sprayed with Roundup, in rats that were fed Roundup Ready corn that had been sprayed with Roundup, and rats that were fed, fed Roundup without the corn, all three groups had multiple massive tumors, early death, and organ damage, like 80 to 90% tumors versus maybe 30% of the controls. Well, the biotech industry attacked him, which is another thing that they like to do, saying he used the wrong rats. He used the same rats that Monsanto did on the study on that same genetically engineered Roundup Ready corn. They said he used the wrong size control groups. He used the same size control groups that Monsanto did. So their final argument was, he used Sprague Dolly rats. They typically have 80 to 90% um, of uh, tumor rate. And, but Seralini's rats had only like 10 to 30%. I forget exactly what, I think it's 30. It turns out he fed his rats organic control, organic feed, both the control and the experimental. So we had no chemicals in the, and he tested it, no chemicals in their feed, only the addition of the corn and the Roundup. But he and his team tested later all of the rat chow and mouse chow around the world and found it was loaded with Roundup and other chemicals and heavy metals. And so these Sprague Dolly rats in these other studies the control groups were getting cancer at 80% or so because they were eating carcinogens in the control group, but his were not. So this is one way that they rig their study. They feed the experimental group GMOs and Roundup, and they compare it to a control group eating GMOs and Roundup. I could go on quite a long time just talking about the rigged research. I find it very satisfying because it is so logical and diabolical. When they do a carefully controlled study and they have statistically significant results compared to their controls, they dismiss their own controls and they look for any control group anywhere in the scientific literature in history to see if it's possible that the experimental group compared to that control group didn't have statistical significance. And remember, if they find one, it could be that control group was fed GMOs in Roundup or poisoned, or maybe it was an IBT study. And so why would you have a control group in a study if you're going to disregard it? So this was an example of, it's called historical controls, completely unscientific. I showed a study to Arpad Pustai that had been hidden in the, in, in the FDA uh, papers that made, made public from a lawsuit sent to me by Steve Drucker, who pioneered the lawsuit. I sent it to Arpad Pustai. And he said, there were rats that were fed these tomatoes, flavor saver tomatoes, that died and were replaced in the study. He said, Jeffrey, you don't do that. 
And then they made this conclusion that these stomach lesions, they were like in seven of 20 um, rats that were fed this particular type of tomato, were not treatment, were not uh, treatment related. He said there was no biological reason to make that conclusion. And when they followed it with a follow-up study to try and prove that it didn't, they used a different formulation of the tomato, uh, either freeze-dried or not freeze-dried or concentrated, that didn't show the same thing and said, oh, see, this this disproves the other one. He said, this is not how you do science. Thank you for listening to Live Healthy, Be Well. Please subscribe to the podcast using whatever app you listen to podcasts with. Or go to livehealthybewell.com to subscribe. This podcast will inform you about health dangers, corporate and government corruption, and ways we can protect ourselves, our families, and our planet. I interview scientists, experts, authors, whistleblowers, and many people who have not shared their information with the world until now. Please share the podcast with your friends. It will enlighten and may even save lives. Safe eating.